the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hello, y'all. Dennis Prager here. Great to be with you. I am back in Los Angeles. I was in Minneapolis for 24 hours. Exactly, to the best of my knowledge. Midnight to midnight. Actually, midnight to 11. 23 hours. Weather was beautiful. Had a very wonderful time with some of the great conservative leaders in the country. I told them something that is important for all of you to hear. The United States is once again alone in fighting the left. I say once again because very often the United States has led, for example, in the fight against communism. We weren't alone. Margaret Thatcher was phenomenal. Lech Walesa in Poland was phenomenal. The Pope... John Paul II, or, or, or was it John Paul II or John XXIII? It was John, John Paul II, yeah. And so I acknowledge that there have been others, but at this time we are largely alone. The most vigorous, there's no, no comparable opposition to left-wing tyranny like there is in the United States, and it's driving them crazy. They They have every reason to expect that they will roll over everyone. If you own the Senate, you own the House, you own the presidency, you own colleges, you own high schools, you own elementary schools, you own, you own virtually every major, uh, all major mainstream media and virtually every major medium. You own every elite profession like medicine you 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 have very good reason to be confident that the that you will be spectacularly powerful and uh, they are spectacularly powerful but they're not fully in charge there is this enormous opposition in the united states called conservatives though Increasingly, drop by drop, I fully admit, I don't want to overstate the case, liberals are awakening to the fact that liberalism and leftism have almost nothing in common. The only thing they have in common is hatred of the right. And the day the liberal awakens to to the fact that we on the right, for the most part, are their allies in terms of their values, and the left is their enemy in terms of their values, 
then we have a chance. Will they awaken? I have no idea. I am not optimistic. I am not pessimistic about it. But I, I admit I am not optimistic about it. It is happening. Alan Dershowitz uh, awakened. And he is not alone. Dave Rubin awakened. But it's, uh, there, it's, it's one by one by one. Want some good news? Here's some good news. Out of, of all places, San Francisco, Daily Mail headline, Woke San Francisco DA Chesa Budin loses recall election. San Francisco yesterday voted to recall its progressive district attorney amid rising anger at the city's crime-ridden state. Chesa Budin, 41, had been widely expected to lose his job, and 60.5% of voters made their feelings clear over the woke policies by deciding to recall him. Only 24% of the city's electorate of 495,000 turned out, with 70,730 voting against the DA. So, uh, let's see, 24% voted. Obviously, people who had passion about keeping him in office would have voted. So there was a very small percentage of people in San Francisco who wanted to keep him as DA. Let me continue. Recall proponents cheered the news at a victory party with California state leaders of the hotel and retailers associations lauding Bowdoin's removal as a sign that visitors, shoppers, and employees will be prioritized again in a city that relies heavily on tourism. This election does not mean that San Francisco has drifted to the far right on our approach to criminal justice, said Mary Jung, a chair of the recall campaign, in a statement. Hmm. It is San Francisco, after all. (laughs) See, they haven't drifted to the far right on criminal justice. What does that exactly mean? What, what does it mean to drift far right on criminal justice? I presume it means that we punish criminals. But he was too far left, even for the people who fear the right. The, the left has one outstanding victory. Right? It has to be acknowledged. They have made a lot of people deeply afraid of the, the quote-unquote right. It is, it is a, a real achievement, and it is not going to be undone in my lifetime. I don't know about my children's lifetime. The right. Danger on the right. I told you on a number of occasions. When I first started collecting books, I always loved books. This was a early in high school, my sophomore year, and I remember the first time I counted how many books I owned. They were all paperback. Couldn't afford a hardcover book. And I told my friend, who also was was in, into books, I remember the number. I had 32 books. I now have about 6,000, but I, I had 32. And I remember one of them. One of them was titled Danger on the Right, and that is what 
I was raised to believe the danger is on the right. Never mind that it was left-wing totalitarian regimes that had murdered most of the 100 million people murdered in the 20th century. Still, liberals as well as leftists, I truly, this is a jacuzzi against liberals as much as leftists, bought the line that the right was to be feared. The right was the danger, even in America. And most liberals still believe that, which is why they vote left, even though they share nothing in common with the left. So this woman's statement in San Francisco, the head of the recall campaign, is illustrative. The election does not mean that San Francisco has drifted to the far right on our approach to criminal justice. I would love to know what that means in her mind, drifting far right. In fact, San Francisco has been a national beacon. Yes, that's what people think. San Francisco is a national beacon for progressive criminal justice reform for decades and will continue to do so with new leadership. So I'm I'm not quite clear if she feels the head of the recall campaign believes that San Francisco has been a beacon in progressive criminal justice reform. What was wrong with Boudin or Boudin? Boudin, a former public defender elected in January 2020, was made the target of a multi-million dollar recall campaign earlier this year by residents who say the city has become an increasingly unsafe place to live due to his soft-on-crime policies. So my question to the woman who headed the recall campaign is, how do your soft-on-crime policies as a progressive differ from him or his soft-on-crime policies as a progressive. Oh, would I love to have her on the radio. Oh, I would love a lot of things that are not con- not conceivable. The districts of Haight-Ashbury, Castro, and the Mission backed Boudin, but the rest of the city was against him. That is a phenomenon. Haight-Ashbury, Castro, and Mission, and the Mission... Love to know who comprises the vote there. I know there's a very large gay community in Haight-Ashbury, very friendly with a gay couple that lived in Haight-Ashbury, ironically, who were very conservative. They were very gutsy. They now live in Florida. (laughs) Uh, But I I would love to know who lived there that, that think that Budin was good for them. We continue on the Dennis Prager Show. The left's radical gender ideology is seeped into children's classrooms, medical terminology, and into our everyday life. It's producing a generation of psychologically infantile and confused young people. And this radical ideology is trying to erase the people who brought us all into this world, women. Now, Matt Walsh of The Daily Wire is taking matters into his own hands. 
He recently embarked on a journey around the world to ask one simple question, what is a woman? And you'd be surprised not only how few are capable of answering, but also how many have a completely twisted idea of what a woman is. Thankfully, he got his whole experience on film, the documentary they don't want you to see, What is a Woman? You can check it out today at dailywire.com slash Prager. Radical gender ideologies have a not-so-secret agenda, and this film exposes them all. Watch What is a Woman at dailywire.com slash Prager. Whenever I'm down, I call on you, my friend. A helping hand you lend in my time of need. Whenever I'm down, I call on you, my friend. I call on you, my friend. I call on you, my friend. It's pronounced Boudin. That is the the person who was recalled. In San Francisco, the DA. This is from the Daily Mail. Boudin's office was only charging people with theft in less than half of all cases since taking office. Hmm. And he followed another woke DA who made charges in 62% of all cases. So, which which is also very small, but more than Boudin. The recall effort is San Francisco's second this year. In February, voters ousted three members of the city's school board. What we have here is the usual. The left goes too far for even liberals, and in a notoriously left-wing, not even liberal, but left-wing city, Uh, there is a reaction. And I salute the reaction. I'm pleased by it. But in the final analysis, nobody draws conclusions. By nobody, I mean the people who are even voting to oust them. They are not prepared to say the left is destroying my city. So it's it's sort of like an epidemic or a pandemic if you can't identify what it is that is killing people, it's, it's really impossible to fight it. And that's the case with the left. People need to understand what the virus is. They think it's just the person. Oh, it's Boudin. Oh, it's these three members of the school board but the, not the not the entire ideological left look i i celebrate little victories but i want you to understand what a real victory would entail it would entail an awakening on the part of vast numbers of people who have been and i i use the term very literally and precisely brainwashed into believing that the right is the enemy. They should spend some time with conservatives. It'd be an interesting thing for them to do. I, of course, spend a tremendous amount of time with conservatives. I, I lecture many, many times a year to conservative groups. And I I would love to measure the amount of anger and hate 
at a conservative uh, conference as compared to a left-wing conference. I would love people to attend both and and see where where there was more unhappiness, more bitterness. Larceny Larceny theft has skyrocketed under Boudin. 13,424 cases reported this year, a 20% increase from last year. Last year undoubtedly saw an increase as well. As larceny continues to see the largest increase in crime, the Bay Area has contended with a series of smash-and-grab robberies in the past year. Well, one of the reasons has nothing to do with Boudin. Boudin doesn't prosecute them. But it, it, was the, it was the Democrats in Sacramento, the capital of California, who passed the law that you, it's a misdemeanor if you steal up to, uh, I believe it is $950 worth of goods. So people steal under uh, under $1,000 worth of goods and nothing happens. That's what I mean. The, the people who recalled Boudin, do, do they understand how the Democratic Party is behind the, the ransacking of their city? I doubt it. Video from a Walgreens in San Francisco last month shows three shoplifters empty the store shelves and pack everything they can into bags before running out the pharmacy. Drugstore chains like Walgreens and CVS have become attractive and easy targets for shoplifter, leading to numerous store closures in the Bay Area. In San Francisco, low-level offenses such as retail thefts have been effectively decriminalized under Boudin's leadership. I, I assume they've been decriminalized under the Democratic Party's leadership. He just doesn't prosecute. Walgreens said last year that retail theft in San Francisco was five times the chain average and security costs were 46 times the chain average. Right? They, I mean, they have stores all over America. And that, that is the comparison that they drew. Grand larceny rates in California's liberal bastion were up 26% in mid-April compared to the same period last year. I would like to know how much the same period last year was up before the same period the previous year. California Governor Gavin Newsom, a Democrat, has vowed to crack down on gangs of retail thieves. Despite a controversial 2014 law, ah, Proposition 47, I, uh, I apologize. It was the citizens of California who passed the proposition, not the, not the state assembly, not the Democrats in Sacramento. This is the state I live in. A majority of the people of my state who voted barred prosecutors from charging suspected choplifters Shoplifters accused of stealing less than $950 worth of merchandise with felonies. Those are the people among whom I live. Good news is, I don't tend to meet them. <laughs> I have, there are a lot of wonderful people here. I always remind people 
when I when I go to speak elsewhere, like yesterday in Minnesota. There are more Republicans in California than in any other state. Of course, it's because there are so many people who live here. Nevertheless, it's a lot of people. I don't feel alone. We return. The Dennis Prager Show. Rising interest rates, stock volatility, out-of-control inflation. People are concerned about what the future holds financially. This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. There's no better time than the present to move a portion of your IRA into precious metals. Gold and silver IRAs are more popular than ever, and dealers are advertising heavily for your business. You should know there's a right and a wrong way to set up your precious metals IRA. Mistakes could cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars in IRS funds. Nick Grovich, man I completely trust, owner of AmFed Coin and Bullion, has agreed to send you a concise report about how to set up your IRA and how to get the best bang for your buck. Nick and his team will be happy to help you set up your precious metals IRA or review your current account. Call AmFed Coin and Bullion at 480-553-5282 for your free IRA report and all your precious metals needs. AmericanFederal.com. That's American federal.com I'm old-fashioned I like two sexes and another thing all of a sudden I don't like being married to what is known as a new woman I want a wife not a competitor 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 talk about a bit this crying in the morning thing is depression you know let's get that fixed that's what men think isn't it what unless you've got the answer unless you can say oh I know this bloke in the year six road who could fix that and there's no point bothering how do you write women so well I think of a man and I take away reason and accountability I love him I love him and I don't care what you think I love him for the for the man he wants to be, and I love him for the man that he almost is. What do people have rows about? Uh, money, sex, sex, money. He wants, she doesn't want. She wants, he doesn't want. Women have always been a big problem to me, Doctor Fussbend. Are you listening, Doctor? Yes, yes, yes. Go on, go on. Ah, what a great opening. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager. It is Wednesday. Remember, it begins with wed. I am a big believer in people getting married. Maybe that's why I chose Wednesday for the male-female hour, because it begins with wed. Sean is uh, shaking his head as if that was a stretch. It's... A lovely coincidence. You know, there are people who say there are no coincidences. I happen not to be one of them. I'm just noting. Male, female, hour, second hour every Wednesday. And I always note that I believe there's the most honest talk about men and women in the media. One of the reasons is I find every subject okay to talk about. I'm comfortable with any subject, including sex. And... Another reason that it is effective is I am neither a man fan nor a woman fan. I had to talk about that once. Are you a man fan or a woman fan? I'm a good person fan, and they come in both sexes. 
I do have a binary view of human sexuality. You're either a man or a woman. That doesn't mean you cannot change how you perceive yourself or even how others perceive you. That's a reality. But you are either a man or a woman. Is, are there any exceptions on earth to that? My friends, there are exceptions to just about everything. That doesn't mean anything. Last week, I raised the question, would you, in retrospect, have raised your son or son's differently. We all, or nearly all of us, recognize that there is a crisis of the American male. Some of us believe that the crisis is in, in essentially that they have not been raised to be men, they remain boys. That is the certainly a conservative view a conservative's view of the problem. I don't know if folks on the left think there is a male problem. Oh, yeah, they do. Toxic masculinity. All right, there you go. We think there's too little masculinity. They think there's too much masculinity. One of the many arenas in which the gulf between left and right is Grand Canyon-esque. All right, anyway. So that was the topic last week. In retrospect, if you're not all that thrilled with how your son or sons turned out, would you have raised them differently? So this week, it's daughter's turn. Would you, looking at your daughter as an adult now, or even for that matter, as a teenager, is there any way you would have raised your daughter or daughter's Differently, one eight Prager seven seven six. Give me a jingle for the number, Sean. It's about time. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the number will be etched into your consciousness. Eight seven seven two four three triple seven six. That's not the one I was assuming, but it doesn't eight. matter. Eight seven seven no, two four three triple seven six. The number, my friends, one eight Prigger seven seven six. I don't know this one. One eight Prigger seven seven six. That's a crack up. That is a total crack up. I have to say. <laughs> How would you have raised your daughter or daughters differently? Well, I'll tell you what I would argue a lot of parents should have done. They should have done something that most did with their sons. They, most parents have taught their sons that they have to control their natures. Men are prone to uh, physical aggression and prone to sexual predatory behavior. And from a very early age, certainly by, by uh, in, in the second case, puberty, and in the first case, from the age of two, men are taught to control their nature. Women don't have either of those instincts. They are not sexual predators generally, and they are not physically aggressive generally. So they are not taught to control their nature, which is a curse in their lives, because if you can't control your nature, you're doomed. 
to a life wherein your nature controls you. That's the choice in life. Either you control your nature or your nature controls you. Ta-da! In one sentence, my friends, the secret to a good life has been revealed. Who controls whom? Not teaching girls to control their nature means that their nature will control them. They will be moody and unhappy and angry and all those good things that come from allowing your nature to control you. That was the great error, I think, many parents made. There has been a romanticization of women at least for a hundred years. I have zero romanticization of women, and I have zero romanticization of men. Both sexes come in all varieties, from truly obnoxious to truly wonderful. And that's it. Unfortunately, the truly obnoxious do not marry one another, and that is a source of problems in the human race. (laughs) If they only married one another, that would be an issue, but not as big an issue as when the wonderful end up married to the anti-wonderful. That is another subject as well. But today's subject is, how would you, in retrospect, have raised your daughter differently? That that is the uh, question on the table for you, and it's a big one. One A Prager seven seven six. If uh, if you don't call, there should be. There were probably two reasons. One, you're hesitant about talking on the radio, very understandably. Two, you think your daughter or daughters turned out pretty pretty darn good. But. I would hope you would conquer your reticence about talking on the radio. That would be a uh, that that would that that's important in general. And uh, as regards the other, well, you can be of great help to those raising daughters if you would tell us what you think you could have done better. I'll tell you another, I'll give you another example of something that I think most people in the last generation have not done that they should have done. They should have emphasized getting married. Instead, they emphasized getting into a good college. And in the sum total of life's happiness and meaning, the I'm laughing because it's like incomparable how much more important a good marriage is to a good college. Anyway, there are basically almost no good colleges today. Certainly not the ones that are considered prestigious. Did you emphasize 
to your daughter to get married, that that would bring you at, at least as much joy as if she got into Yale? We'll return, male, female hour, Dennis Prager. new numbers are in, you're not going to believe this. Pure Talk is saving families even more money than we previously thought. If you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, your family could be saving over $900 a year. I used to say $800. And with Pure Talk, you don't have to compromise coverage thanks to America's most reliable 5G network. You don't compromise on price, choose the plan and price that's right for you, and you don't have to compromise on values. You'll be supporting a company whose customer service is right here in the U.S. and whose CEO proudly served our country. I got a phone with Pure Talk. You should, too. You don't have to get a new phone. Keep your phone if you like. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigabytes of data, just $30 a month. How? From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say Dennis Prager. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. Dial pound 250 and say Dennis Prager. Hi, everybody. Welcome or welcome back to the Dennis Prager Show. Reminder, tonight's the big debate. Are humans innately good? Beverly Hills, California, it won't be live-streamed, and you you should come, you should bring your kids. It's in Beverly Hills, California tonight at go to PragerDebate.com. Thank you. Hmm. So the baseball teams have all had, I think all, Maybe I'm wrong on that. LGBTQI plus, I don't know what the I is. It was just added. I I don't know what it is. I'll find out. And with, this is LGBTQ Pride Month. It's a very interesting question. The whole the whole thing of pride it's worthy of its own discussion so is one proud I have a lot of gay friends and relatives and are they I don't know if any of them are proud to be gay they are at to the best of my knowledge, certainly at peace with being gay. But I don't know why it's a matter of pride. It's a particularly interesting question, given that the general consensus, certainly among gays and supporters of gays, is that it's built in. So why why are you proud of something you didn't achieve. I've always understood pride as an as proud of an achievement. And I'm not uh, I'm not attacking and believe me I I don't hesitate to attack when I think it's worthy so I'm not being coy here. 
I just don't quite get it, what, what it means to be proud of something that you didn't achieve than that was built in. So, it, and I'm thinking aloud because maybe maybe there is room for it. So, for example, I'm quite tall. I'm 6'4". Am I proud of it? Um, I, I feel fortunate in, in having been born with genes that made me tall, but I, I can't say that I'm proud of it. So the, the pride word is an interesting, and I, I, I mean, I know it's Genesis. It's Genesis was, it was denigrated, and it was. It was just it, gay people were denigrated. There's no question about that. So I assume that the opposite of denigration is pride, and that is the source of this. But it, it, it presents a lot of other issues. For example, if you are a single parent, are, are you proud of it? I think you would be proud of the fact that if you did a good job as a single parent, you would be proud of of that but the the single parent issue is a is a good analogy because i think that any mature person would argue that it is better to have two parents than one if the parents are good obviously it's better to have one good parent than one good and one bad we we all acknowledge that but ideally it's best to have two. Ideally it's best to have a mother and father. Uh, one of my uh, gay couple's friends, two men married to each other, uh, had no issue in saying that to me when we were talking about this a few months ago. He said, of course the ideal is a mother and father. Just we, we, we who haven't, are not attracted to women can't do it. All right, you, there are those who have even done it then. I know, I know a gay man who is married to a woman and has worked on himself. He fully acknowledges he's still attracted to men, but he believes that he should bond with a woman, and she is okay with it, obviously. If I'm aware of it, clearly she is. But what we have lost in the society... In the, in the pride bombardment is that there are ideals. The ideal is that you are at peace with your biological sex. You're biologically male. The ideal is that you are at peace with being a biological male, with being a male. The ideal, if you're a biological female, is that you embrace the fact that you were born and are a female. We are no longer allowed to say that there is an ideal, as, it, as if it's an insult to those who do not live up to that ideal. This has been a catastrophe for society, but there's a maturity involved in asking what's good for society that has been lost. So anyway, to return to my subject, all the, all the, the sports teams... I don't know if it's true in hockey. The hockey playoffs are taking place now. 
I haven't seen any LGBTQ pride flags up at uh, at any of the playoffs. But apparently baseball teams did it. So here's the story. This is about the Tampa Bay Rays. A picture on the Tampa Bay Rays Daily Mail defended five of his teammates who opted not to wear LGBTQ colors on their uniforms in honor of Pride Month, saying, quote, it's astonishing to me how people don't understand that different beliefs exist. The Rays added LGBTQ logos to their caps and on the right sleeve of their jerseys for the club's 16th annual Pride Night celebration this past Saturday night. Every team did? Okay, good. Thank you. I I suspected every team did, but I, I wasn't certain. And every player on every team except the Rays did it? Really? That's fascinating. I wonder, and and it's truly I wonder, it's not my way of saying I don't think so. I do wonder if there were an American Pride Month, which there should be, because this has been so denigrated being American, would all the ball players wear a, an American flag on their cap and jersey? I mean, they, they do a similar promotion for the military, and they do the same thing with the jersey. So they do the similar thing with the military, and they do wear it. Uh, okay, good. It's good. It's good to know. By the way, it is an interesting question. Is there, other than pride well maybe you would know sean you follow this so other than gay pride well lgbtq pride and uh american military pride they do pink for breast cancer it is it's so it's an interesting question okay anyway back to the tampa bay rays the Rays added LGBTQ logos to their caps and rights leave their jerseys for the club's 16th annual Pride Night celebration during Saturday night's game, or Saturday's game, I added night, against the visiting Chicago White Sox. However, five pitchers, Jason Adam, Jalen Beeks, Brooks Raley, Jeffrey Springs, and Ray Thompson, refused to partake in wearing the one-time worn uniforms. Instead, they stuck with wearing the Rays' traditional blue and white colors. Adam, Jason Adam, a reliever who spoke on behalf of the group, said, quote, a lot of it comes down to faith, to like a faith-based decision, unquote. He also stressed that their decision was not the product of anti-gay discrimination, saying all are welcome and loved here. After last weekend's game, Tampa Bay Rays manager Kevin Cash said that he and the organization, quote, want to support our players that choose to wear or choose not to wear to the best of our capabilities. That is impressive. We return. And talk of all the things we did today. 
All right, there we go. So I'm reading to you an interesting story out of Tampa, a city I really like. So five Tampa Bay Rays, apparently the only team, is that right, Sean? No other, were you familiar with this? You're a big baseball fan. No, no, you noticed that all the teams had LGBTQ patches and hats. Right. Did you did you know about the Tampa Bay Rays five who didn't? Only when I came in on Monday and saw the news story. It's my knowledge that the only had. Yeah, so you did know. You heard it on you, – wait, you heard it on the news? I saw it in the news when I came you, in on You remember who reported it? I don't know where Yeah, very curious. Anyway, so five pitchers didn't, and – it said came one of them, the spokesman for the group, a pitcher, Jason Adam, said a lot of it comes down to faith, to like a faith-based decision. It's not a product of any anti-gay discrimination. All are welcome and loved here. And then the organization said, listen, it's up to you to choose to wear or not to wear, to the organization's credit. On Monday, another of the race pitchers, Nick Anderson, tweeted in support of his teammates, sharing that everyone should be allowed to have different beliefs. It's astonishing to me, he tweeted, how people don't understand that different beliefs exist. And because you have different beliefs, in no way, shape, or form does that mean you look down on that individual or think they are lesser. You can love everyone and have differing beliefs. Unquote. Anderson followed up on his comments by sharing a screenshot of a message he wrote on his iPhone. Quote, when I say differing beliefs, I'm talking about the people who believe everyone would wear something, and if you don't, you should burn and are a terrible person or whatever name you want to call them. I was also saying that just because you don't wear maybe a said patch, doesn't mean you think those people should burn and are terrible people. Okay, I never once said I thought gay people weren't born gay, Anderson added, or that homophobia was right. On Sunday, St. Louis Cardinals pitcher Jack Flaherty, you know Jack Flaherty? reacted to the five players on the Rays refusing to wear the Pride customized jerseys and a two-worded tweet with a two-worded tweet, absolute joke. So there was one baseball player saying that the five on the Rays were engaged in an absolute joke, or they were, I don't know. On the same day, Ray's president, Matt Silverman, told the New York Times he was happy that the event sparked important discussions among the clubhouse. I'm proud of the fact we did this and so many of our players chose to wear the logo, Silverman said. I'm also proud of the conversations we had during the run-up to this night and in the aftermath. That's a really good byproduct of this. And to be able to actually have these conversations is really valuable and rare. It's a fine statement from the Tampa Bay Rays president. Flaherty's tweet prompted similar conversations on social media, 
with followers making hypothetical arguments to share their views. What if on Easter Sunday all players would be forced to wear a cross? Well, they're not forced, apparently. Asked to wear a cross, I guess. On their sleeve to symbolize the resurrection, one fan asked. Would it be okay for players to refuse because of their religious beliefs or lack of? Now, that's a fair question, I think. By the way, part of the LGBTQ is T. Do you know that years and years and years ago, I raised the question, I said, I understand L, I understand G. B is a, is a complex question. I'll leave that aside. But I didn't understand why T was part of it. What does that have to do with lesbians or gays? But now it's there's a sharpened question. If you wear that patch or or display that flag, are you not saying that biological men should be allowed to compete in women's sports? Is it possible to be opposed to that because it's simply unfair? It's cheating pure, undiluted cheating for a biological male to compete in female sports. It ends the whole point of female sports. Now, if you are opposed to that, would you still feel comfortable waving the LGBTQ flag? There's a lot in LGBTQ, just for the record. And I think that honorable people can decide not to, not to waive it. Another fan accused the five pitchers of failing a tenet of Christianity. Jesus, this is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. John fifteen twelve. the fan tweeted. Five Tampa Bay Rays, no thanks, it's against my religion. So that's interesting. So you can't love people who live a life that you don't support for religious reasons. So I, I don't I don't know why one jumps to that conclusion. Can a Christian? Like these five pitchers, can can any of them love a non-Christian, someone who does not believe in Jesus? They clearly do not support that decision. But I don't think anybody doubts that they could love a non-Christian. So why can't they love a non-heterosexual? Why does that render them false or hypocritical? That's the question. It's a fair one. 1-8 Prager 776. Howdy doody, everybody. Dennis Prager with you. Fascinating story out of Tampa. Five baseball players, Major League Baseball players, did not wear the LGBTQ patch or hat. And I think they're... I think, I don't know for a fact, but I think they're the only baseball players... How many baseball players are there? How many are on a team, Sean? 
25? Oh, let's say 25. How many teams are there? You sure? You sound unsure. All right, about 30. So 30 times 25, 750. So there are 750 Major League Baseball players. Does that make sense? Yeah. And five uh, refused to wear the patch and hat, and 745 wore it. Hmm. Now, listen, I the purpose of my raising this issue is to discuss more than uh, to take a strong position. I have strong positions on many of these aspects, but I think this it's these guys should get some respect, some admiration for for just not going along with the herd. The other 745 players, most of them went along to get along. They think, what, what, what difference does it make? I'm going to wear the damn patch. Drop the word damn. I didn't mean that it's a damn patch. I just meant that whatever it might be. I'll just wear the, the patch and, and you know, the, the night will be over, the day will be over, and we just move on. What does it cost me to wear it? It cost me a lot if I didn't wear it. And I understand that. But I, I have respect for these guys' decision. And especially since the T includes support for the whole f- official world of LGBTQ is that biological men should be allowed to compete and, and, and therefore, not in my opinion, but in fact destroy female sports. Because if men are allowed to compete against women, then there's no reason for female sports. I mean, uh, you have to literally be dishonest to yourself and to others to deny that. So if if wearing that patch includes support for that, it would be interesting if somebody had actually made that clear. They didn't. They just asked them to wear the patch and the hat. They did so. Everybody moved on. I get it. But had it been said, we want you to know what this patch and hat, what they represent. They represent support for biological men competing in female sports. Be very interesting if if any of these athletes would not have worn it. Had they said this, wearing this patch supports the a teaching of of sexual of gender fluidity to five year olds would they have supported wearing the patch and the hat then see as typical of the left they have the sweet veneer and the fist is under the sweetness oh you're just supporting people who are gay and by and so on and just show your love for them almost anybody will go along with that but if you if you actually explained the positions of every single LGBTQ activist group I'm not sure do you support 15 uh, year old girls 
without their parents' permission, having their breasts cut off by a surgeon because they say they're boys? Do you support that? Do you support the sexualization of five-year-olds, as I mentioned earlier? Oh, well, no, not really. But that's what it means when you wear that patch. That's what they do to the left. They sound sweet, and they're vicious. And they undermine basic tenets of civilization, like protecting children's innocence. That's the issue. The issue is not anti-gay or anything like that. It has nothing to do with it. As indeed the pitchers said, I have a gay man married to a man on the line, among others. I'm going to take his call. 1-8-Prager-776-877-243-777-TWO-FOUR-THREE. 776 If LGBTQ positions were explained, would 745 baseball players wear the patch? Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, Every single day, become a member of Pragertopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at Pragertopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.